listening to the Blessed Life Podcast. We created this show to help you live a blessed life. Welcome back, everyone. We're so excited to be here again with you this week. It's episode 124, and today we are talking about the concept of practice. And did you know that practice makes the master? Now, first and foremost, I love that saying. I love it because practice makes perfect never really resonated with me. I think perfectionism is a disease. This has not been evaluated by the FDA. <laughs> this this podcast has not been approved to treat, cure, or diagnose any diseases. Thank you, Sudi. So yeah, perfectionism is um, not what we're going for. However, to practice something and become a master suddenly sounds much more appealing. So when I first heard that saying, "Practice makes the master." I said, ooh, I got the truth shivvies. I was like, ooh, I like that. And I feel like we can apply it to so many different things in our life. I feel like it implies that you're making mistakes and that is not what, that's not the outcome you're preferring because you're practicing to do something perfectly or better. But I've also heard it flipped and said that every mistake I make as I practice is one less mistake until. I reached my perfection. So if you think about the thing I'm trying to learn how to do, like play a song on the guitar, mm-hmm. every every time I practice, I'm making a mistake, but I, I'm only going to make so many mistakes from here to that future self that can play and say it's a hundred mistakes. So every time I practice, I, re- I remove one of those mistakes and I get closer and closer or I draw towards the thing I'm trying to achieve. So when I think of practice makes mm-hmm. the master, I think of the 10,000 hour rule. I can't remember when it was presented to me, probably sometime along my path of coaching, as you probably know from listening to the podcast, I went through a life coach training program, which led me on the road of uh, mindset and helping people feel better. And um, basically the premise was that you have to put in your time to get good at something. So whether it's programming or painting, coaching, whatever it is uh, that you have to put in the time to really become the master. And somewhere along the line, someone said 10,000 hours is how Mm -hmm. you do it. So um, if there's something you want to get really good at, then perhaps you track those hours and you know that you've put in your 10,000 hours. I think that with yoga, there's definitely the however many hours that different Mm -hmm. people have that makes them master yogis. And anyway, I love the shift from practice makes perfect to practice makes the master. First and foremost, I do believe the words we choose matters. I also believe though, that what we, whatever it is we want to get good at, we can practice and become better at. We can create improvements in our life. And I recently stumbled upon a, um, I was listening to a podcast and it just was a reminder that we create our own reality. Mm-hmm. Now, you've heard us probably say that on the podcast. You've probably heard it in any personal development book. But after wallowing in some of my struggles and suffering, and I heard that, it it just was crystal clear in my mind. I am creating my own reality. And I thought, now that's a thought I need to get back to practicing. Because the same goes for an activity that we want to master or get good at. The same is true with our mind. Whatever we are practicing thinking is what we will get good at. So last week's episode, we were talking about the power of belief and how you can find evidence for pretty much anything you want to believe. And it's a matter of practice. So Mm -hmm. how cool is it that we can pick an activity that we want to master, whether it's drawing, um, 
or anything. Like I just tree climbing, any, any activity you, you just put in the practice and you get better at it. But so is it true with our minds. Yeah. It's funny that the way you say that, because I think a few days ago is when you presented that, or you just, I think at, at coffee, you said we create our own reality, or you kind of made that statement. And thinking back, if you were to look through my journal, probably every morning or every other morning, in some form, I'm writing that to myself, reminding myself, you're creating this, you're creating this, you're creating this. And I begin to normalize that. And you saying that at, at coffee was enough to kind of snap me out of, you're not practicing it. Mm-hmm. You're, writing, you're, you're writing it every morning. And it's an autopilot. Sort but of you're thing. an autopilot and you're not practicing that, that present moment of, hey, I'm creating this right now, right now. Like, I don't like this. Okay. But you're still creating it. Create something else. Mm-hmm. Practice creating something else. Yes. And the whole idea for this show even came up for me because <laughs> we came home last night um, after being over at my sister's for my nephew's birthday party. Poor guy doesn't get a birthday because he's a leap baby. So we have to always choose when do we celebrate now or later. Um, but we came home and we had a magazine on the table for a local Kansas City magazine. I was flipping through it and I saw a really nice sectional. And our sofa that we have currently is, it's about, it's about done for. Now, I have to share this, that I have a bit yeah. of a track record with sofas. There was a point where we had a new sofa maybe every month. No. It sure felt like every month we had a new sofa in the house. Now, this sounds like, oh, what a frivolous life getting new sofas. <laughs> no, this was very, mm-hmm. very stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I want to share. I struggled with sofas because sofas were important to me and I wanted to have a nice sofa. I wanted to have a nice living room. I wanted to create a vibe. And the problem was I didn't know how. The very first sofa I bought, um, I didn't realize how important the arm rails, like the really cushy, those are really comfortable, but they look kind of dated. Mm. And then from there, I started to explore with different colors. I was like, I like a nice blue. And I ended up with, excuse me, I like a nice gray. And I ended up with a very gray blue. And then I had my regrets and I thought if I get a new sofa now, I'm going to get had trouble. And we, we have had animals and we have small children. And cleanability was important. Yeah. So. But what I'm trying to get to, mm-hmm. even though everyone really enjoys poking fun at my sofa struggles, I didn't know how to buy a sofa. I didn't know how important textures were. I didn't know how important it was to take a color. What's it called? Swath. That's not right. Splotch. <laughs> Swatch. Oh, it's one of the two. <laughs> Sorry for the shouting. <laughs> what did you say? Swab? I think I mixed them both. <laughs> like a swab in a piece of cloth. Swab. Swath. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's so, so dumb. Okay. So I really struggled because I had never bought a sofa and then I had, but it really required experience. Now I know not everyone has the luxury of this experience. And after a while I didn't either because I couldn't handle the torment of getting another sofa, even though I hadn't quite still bought the right one. It reminds me of trying to decorate a living room and you're freshly out of college and you've never decorated a living room. And you're just like, I want it to look like in the magazines. Yes, I'm on a budget, but I'm buying things and it's not working. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look right. And this is one of those things where I've realized practice does make the master. I'm better at decorating the living room now at 35 than I was at 25, hands down. Mm-hmm. Not just because I've tried harder, but because practice makes the master. You've had and the experiences. I've had the experiences. And so now as I started to realize like we really need a new couch, like ours has just been put through the ringer and 
I realized I've been dreading it because of my old track record with sofas and I don't need to hear about it. And I started to look through them and I was like, oh, not this game again. Because the right sofa for your living room really does make an impact on how comfortable it is, where people gather. We're home together a lot with our Mm -hmm. two children and our pets. And so I want it to be, I don't want it to be no you know, don't let the dogs on this or that because they're a big part of our life. And so I realized though, like, this is not like starting over because I have this practice. Now I have this experience now, which has informed my decisions. I know to look deeply at the gray to see if it is possibly a blue. I know to feel the fabric because certain microfiber fabrics really snag on my my fingertips and I don't like Mm -hmm. it. I have all of this experience that I can use to move forward. And this isn't really about the sofa, but it's about gathering life experiences so that I can make better decisions. And I think that along the way, if I wasn't willing to have some failures, I wouldn't have gleaned that extra information. And so, but I also think from this perspective, now you can look back on those experiences and see how valuable they were. Oh yeah. I wouldn't have known the gray blue thing. I wouldn't have known the textures. I wouldn't have known the armrests. And of course, going through those, as you told the story, it sounded in a way that that was a a bad experience. Like, Mm -hmm. like you failed in some way, but you didn't fail. You were gaining information. You're gaining knowledge from your practice to be able to make a very good decision tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. When we get off this podcast. (laughs) Oh, shucks. Okay. So yes, I do feel like there's so many areas where what we practice is what we get good at. And Mm -hmm. maybe we're not even aspiring to be a masterful sofa buyer, but what we practice is what we get good at. And our experiences do shape us in a way that help us to make better decisions. So rather than thinking of it as um, an obstacle, it really is a stepping stone towards more and more knowledge and experiences. All right, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor for the week, and then we'll get back to the show. So this week's podcast is brought to you by all four of our mood probiotics. Just to clarify, we do have two with probiotics and prebiotics, and we have two with probiotic only. And we did that because we know there's a variety of digestive needs and people who can tolerate those things. So we do have people writing us quite frequently saying prebiotics make me bloated. They back me up a bit. Everyone thinks fiber makes you go, but for some people, fiber can be binding. And prebiotic fiber is so good for us, and yet some people it can be too much too fast. So with our various formulas, you can choose to start with a probiotic only and then work your way over. But no matter which one you choose, if you're new to probiotics or sensitive in general, we suggest you go slow at first. You can do that by opening a capsule and sprinkling just a little bit into a food or drink. If you're trying a new formula or if you're new to probiotics, we recommend that highly because it eliminates any possibility of um, gas or bloating or that stomach upset from that influx of good bacteria. So thank you to our four mood probiotics. Back to the show. Talk about practice. That's a a good practice is how to, how you came up with or how the idea came to go slow. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was from your own experiences, right? Definitely from my own sensitivities. I've learned that going slow, whether it was when I wanted to wean off my antidepressant, that I suffered really difficult side effects from going too fast. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, I mean, this lesson, I feel like that's my lesson. Go slow. Yeah. Here's what's tricky about that, Tim. You don't go slow. I like to go fast. You do like to go fast. I love it. I like to move in high school. I ran track. I would never run cross country. I would never run anything long. I want to do the shortest possible race, the 100 meter dash. You know what my coach told me? He said, Delaney, that's my maiden name. Delaney, if there's a 50 meter dash, that'd be the race for you. I was like, I know, right? I get tired and I just like to go fast and be done. 
another time it popped up. I'm doing these aligners for my teeth. Mm -hmm. I was making a lot of videos, realizing I was kind of like, oh, these teeth. I think that's all I can see when I look at these videos. You said, that's not all I see. And I said, that's all I see. And we're mm -hmm. so difficultly hard on ourselves. And so I said, aha, I will fix it. I'll get these aligners. And I got these aligners and you're supposed to wear them at nighttime only, which is really cool as an adult who didn't want to have braces, so to speak. Well, wear the aligners during the day. Yeah. That's what, I mean, clear braces. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was doing it and it said, wear them every night for 10 hours or more and switch them every two weeks. Well, that didn't work for me. That was too fast. And I was having all sorts of like jaw pain and neck pain and like the standard advice of go switch after every two weeks just was too fast for mm -hmm. my rather sensitive nature. And so there's this weird mix of me wanting to go fast and wanting the result. Like, I, oh, great. You can have straight teeth in six months. It's like, no way. You're going to have to slow this puppy down or else I literally for a while thought I was going to have to stop wearing them and I was going to have to go back to crooked teeth. Mm -hmm. So I had to ask myself, what would I rather have? The end result at, at a slower pace or not get the result I want because I tried to go too fast and had to stop. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, that lesson pops up to me everywhere I turn. When am I going to listen? Not anytime soon. When you become the master, I'll keep practicing. I will. <laughs> I listen to the clues. And a lot of times we'll hear people talk about symptoms that start off as a whisper and then mm -hmm. they become louder and louder as screams. And we don't want our symptoms to become screams, whatever they are, whether it's an emotional crisis or a physical health issue, we want to learn to listen to the whispers. And I do feel like that's one of my lessons in conjunction with it's okay to go slow is to listen to the whispers. So sort of a bit like practice that does take practice. If you want to listen to the whispers, you practice listening to the whispers. I love this piece of advice that practice makes the master and that what we practice is what we get good at because you can apply it to any area of your life where you want to see improvement. You want to make more sales? Great. Practice makes the master. You want to have a more intimate relationship with your partner? Great. Practice makes the master. What we practice is what we get good at. You can apply it to any area of your life. And even someone like us who journals and writes and shares about that we create our own reality, if we're not actually implementing it and actually practicing it and living it and being it, then it's, it's no use. We have to truly live into it and be it. And so for that moment, when I heard that we create our own reality, I realized I had been creating my own suffering through the dialogue that I was telling in my mind and also the dialogue that I was engaging with, which reminds me of yesterday. You said we had a great morning coffee combo. And then in the afternoon, we went down a rabbit hole of things which are dis displeasing to us. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, I'm kind of disappointed because the morning was so great. And then the afternoon was what it was. And then do you want to share my insight or do you want me to just keep rolling? <laughs> Well, I, I do recall saying that we can stop this right now. Like this morning was such a great conversation. We were feeling good, high vibe, everything felt good. And then something happened. And then we started going down that rabbit hole and we were sitting outside. It Real was quick, beautiful. Yeah. The, the things, the rabbit hole is like things are happening to us. Yeah. Things aren't fair. Things aren't the way we want them to be. They it, aren't as fast as we want them to be. It felt like a slippery slope. Because right, it, but I'm it was just giving just, examples yeah. so that someone can apply it to their mm -hmm. life. Like, what do you mean? Like, did you guys start arguing? And no, it's no, not even not like that. that. Yeah. It's just about allowing ourselves. It's almost like gossip for some people. But we weren't gossiping about other people. We were gossiping about ideas that were not pleasing to us or inspiring mm -hmm. to us. And then I, I think we both just stopped and were like, we're sitting outside. It was freezing cold a few days ago it's beautiful the sun's out 
we're on the front porch enjoying the weather. There is really no reason to practice or to continue talking about what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. We can literally just stop, go back to what we were talking about this morning, or find something else that's pleasing and go that way, mm-hmm. which is what we did. I mean, yes. I mean, we caught ourselves in the middle of, of the game and like, wait, wait, we create, we, we create our own reality. Yes, we can make that real, what we were just talking about, or we can go to something that feels good and make that real. Yeah, we can practice talking about things that feel really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of phrase it as this morning, we had a very high vibration conversation. That's data. This afternoon, we allowed ourselves down the slippery slope of things mm-hmm. happening to us. That's, That's also, also data. data. Yeah. And not to make it mean anything. We can say based on these two instances, how would I like to feel? What would I like to think about? That's an awareness you can practice. Mm -hmm. You can practice bringing awareness to your mood. I wrote down this quote from Luke's story. I listen to his podcast sometime, sometimes. And he said, our mood creates our reality and our destiny. Now, some people just say, well, mood, you know, oh, it sounds like something that's not that important. But really, our mood is our thoughts, our feelings, and our energy that we bring to any situation. Our mood creates our reality and our destiny. So at any moment, if you want to practice being in a good mood, know this, you can practice anything. So of course you can practice being in a good mood. You can practice reaching for a better feeling thought. You can practice guiding your attention towards something that is pleasing or exciting. Just like I wrote in our email newsletter, you can take two thoughts. The world is full of bad people or the world is full of good people. And you can find evidence for either one of those. You can make it a belief. So then the choice becomes yours. What do I want to believe? And you can practice asking yourself that question. So in the example you gave, um, I happen to believe that everything's neutral. And you, as the, uh, as the observer, make it good, bad. You make it your reality. So everything's just data. As you receive it, you make the perception of that's good, that's bad. But you get to make that, that choice. Mm-hmm. And you can practice getting better right. at making that choice. You can practice your awareness around that. Which back to our example is when we both said, we're making this choice to make this bad. We don't even have to think about this or even talk about it. Yeah. Or we can find things to appreciate about it. We can find how it's data and how we can pivot from the data and do whatever we want. Yeah. I was sharing that with our kids about we're constantly encouraging them to consider a business, what kind of business yeah. they would like to start and how... Maybe you went down this trail and things didn't work out the way you wanted it to, but do you see how it was simply information? It presented Mm -hmm. to you things that worked. It presented to you things that didn't work. It showed you what you loved. It showed you things you didn't like. And if we can start to look at our life experiences as that, like, what did I learn from this? What did this teach me? What do I know now? How would I move forward differently? Practicing asking yourself these powerful questions that are more empowering is an amazing pivot away from this heavy, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Sort of thinking you can practice asking yourself more powerful questions so that you get more powerful answers. All of this can be done with practice. Talking about the kids and and kind of encourage them to start a business. To me, it's always important for them to, to see what they enjoy Mm -hmm. and then figure out how to do more of that. And then know that you can build a business around that. Mm -hmm. I felt like growing up, I, I always had the impression that I have to learn a skill and a skill that not anyone can do. Hmm. That way I can get rewarded for it when I do it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's how I kind of grew up. Well, I know how to write programs. Most people don't. Most people don't even want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I got rewarded for that financially. 
because I could do it and no one wanted to deal with it. And they were just happy that I would go do it. And I enjoyed that for a long time. But I do think that if I would have approached it in a way of, I really enjoy programming and really focused on that, I could have built a totally different business. Mm -hmm. And actually it would have been way more rewarding, which is kind of what I'm doing with Lyft actually. (laughs) Right. And also I think it's about this idea of when you're having fun, there's nothing more sustainable than fun. Yeah. So when you're having fun with what you're doing, like that's why people that are successful in a certain business, but they're also very happy. It's because they love what they do. And I know that saying is antiquated and people, Oh, love what you do and do what you love. But there's a reason that it keeps coming up. It's because it's sustainable. You can keep going with it because you love it. And because it lights you up and it gives you energy. Sure. You're serving the world in some way, but it's also giving back to you. Yeah. And I totally reject this idea that, that you're not supposed to have fun. Like work isn't fun mm-hmm. or your life isn't supposed to be fun all the time. That's mm-hmm. something you get later. Yeah. Totally reject that. I think you should always have fun. You should always try to find a way to have fun. Yeah, I agree. And I think if mostly talking to myself, <laughs> it's documenting be- this, that I have to do this. If it's a belief that you'd like to also lean into, know this, you can practice thinking that mm-hmm. it's incredibly fun to make money and to show up of service in the world and to use your gifts, to tap into your passions, and to really light up the world with you enjoying yourself on this journey. You can practice thinking that. Mm -hmm. And that is the gift of today. We appreciate you listening to this week's podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks again. Take care.